Now that the dust has settled, how well did the Cardinals actually do at the trade deadline? Our own Lindsey Crosby from Locked On MLB Prospects give a, gives us the lowdown on today's episode of Locked On Cardinals. You are Locked On Cardinals, your daily St. Louis Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, Cardinals fans. I'm J.D. Haffern, and I'm a national radio sports anchor, born and raised in the Loon, a lifetime Cardinals fan, and I'm your host for Locked On Cardinals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You can follow me on Twitter at J.D. Sports Radio and the podcast at LO underscore Cardinals. We want to thank those of you who make Locked On Cardinals and Locked On MLB Prospects your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts. We're all over the place, including YouTube. Make sure you like, subscribe, and comment. That way you're interacting with us hit that notification button so you know when the new episodes are posted this is a show serving cardinal nation and giving the best fans in baseball all of the info about the birds on the bat so the uh, trade deadline just went down by the way Lindsay, it's been a busy 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 time for you you had the draft where you had to go and scout a bazillion people and then you get to the trade deadline which just went down and you have to talk about all those people getting traded to all sorts of different places and teams. So I appreciate you taking time out to uh, join us this week, buddy. Yeah, the month of July is is a long one for us over here at Locked <laughs> Enemy Prospects. But thankfully, in August, everybody's focused on the the races, you know, who's going to win the divisions and things like that. So we can kind of take a little bit of a break and then we jump back into it for the offseason. Yeah, well, unfortunately for the Cardinals, there is uh, not a lot to be excited about as far as a chance to go to the playoffs this year. One of yeah. the uh, few years in a long time where they haven't been relevant. So uh, this was a uh, a sell year for St. Louis, which is something that's a little bit different for the franchise and for the fans, for sure, because uh, they're not used to this. And so it was a little bit odd to see them having to ship out guys that they've known for years and... Yeah. Then you get guys coming back to you that you have no idea who these guys are. You know, these aren't the the major league trades where you're swapping a starter for a, a slugging outfielder from another team or something like that. These are all prospects that the Cardinals had coming back to them in these trades. And uh, we knew that from the outset, pitching was going to be a major thing that John Mosellock and the Cardinals were targeting. And that's exactly what they went after. They added some other pieces as well uh, to go along with a couple of infielders. But uh, I want to focus on the starting pitchers uh, from the beginning here. So uh, let's go ahead and begin with uh, who many deemed as the top pitcher that they got back in any of these uh, returns because now he's ranked number four <laughs> in their on their prospect <laughs> list, according to MLB pipeline, and that would be uh, Sam Robertson. Yeah, he was a really interesting one. It's We don't have very many of these guys that are from other countries and things like that, so that was always fun. But, no, uh, coming from the Blue Jays, very much a fastball slider, change-up kind of guy. Uh, fastball sits low 90s. It's not the greatest velocity in the world. I do think there's some room to improve the velocity, and that's obviously something that is big in this game. Uh, slider isn't a true sweeper, but it's, it's kind of sweepy. Also has a cutter and a curveball. The big thing here is he's got good control. And the stuff itself is good. You're just looking at if you can increase the velocity on all of these pitches a little bit, it feels like you can unlock the next level of performance. Looking at what he did in double A for the Blue Jays. 
uh, four year, like a 406 ERA in 88 and two thirds innings, striking out just around nine guys per nine innings, walking just over three guys per three innings. But I think the missing velocity comes up. It is evident in the home run numbers. He gave up 14 home runs in those 88 and two thirds innings. And a lot of that, when you go back and watch, uh, is where he's trying to change velocity from, let's say, a, a, a changeup or a cutter to a fastball, and the velocity difference isn't quite enough to keep the hitter from barreling it up. And so, again, the stuff is good. It's just you need a little bit more, a few more ticks of velocity. And I feel like the Cardinals can develop that. We saw what Matthew Liebertor was able to build over the offseason. feel like Sam Reverse is another guy who can do that. And uh, I misspoke there, actually. He ended up landing at number six on their uh, prospect list at MLB yeah. Pipeline. The guy that actually jumped up all the way to number four is the next guy we're going to talk about here. And that would be the uh, one of the guys they got from the Rangers, which is Takoa Roby. Yeah, and he has had a similar stat line to Roberti as far as, you know, uh, two and three ERA of five. But... He's striking out more guys, he's walking less guys, and he's giving up less home runs. He's got 50 strikeouts in 46 innings, so it's like 9.7 per nine. Uh, He's only got 12 walks, so just over two walks per nine innings and only five home runs. The big thing for me, it's very much a power profile, right? Fastball, power slider, and then he has a a vertical breaking curveball. So uh, when we're kind of looking at it from the prospect side, we're looking at what can you do well. You've got good velocity on the fastball. He can touch 97 with it, and he can throw it up in the zone, which is really, really useful. He can kind of elevate it. It has good carry. That's the swing and miss pitch that he really does well, and something that I've talked on the show before about so many of these Cardinal pitchers in the past have not really had that swing and miss fastball. Uh, the, The curveball sits in the low 80s. Again, it's a vertical breaker, so it moves opposite of the fastball, but they disguise really well. And then the slider, power slider, it's in the mid-80s. It's a different velocity from the curveball, which I I always love that velocity difference there. Uh, But he doesn't have the best command of either the curveball or the slider. And so he can't always throw them for strikes when he wants to. And so a lot of what he does is the fastball is going to be a strike. I mean, he's pretty good at throwing that for a strike. But the curveball and the slider, a lot of what he ends up doing with it is he's hoping you chase it because he can't always land it for a strike. Now, so far he's been able. Guys have been doing that. Guys have been sw- uh, have been chasing it, so the walk numbers aren't bad. But that is something to watch as he comes off the injured list. He has he has a shoulder injury right now. Mm-hmm. Um, does have a changeup that he pulls out from time to time? But it's really those kind of the fastball curveball slider combo. Can you get a little bit more consistency? with the strikeout or with throwing strikes with those secondaries. And if you can, he's absolutely a guy that doesn't have a plus pitch, but has three or four really good pitches and can be a solid mid rotation starter. Which is something the Cardinals are, are, are definitely looking for because mm-hmm. they got some holes to fill. And before we get into uh, the next pitcher, you know, I do want to remind people that these are guys that are not expected to be in the Cardinals rotation for next year. OK, these guys were all at double A for the most part, and they're going to go to triple A and we're going to see what maybe they can offer for next season. But I don't want people to get misconstrued to think that these are the guys who are going to be leading the team next year. You know, it's not going to be. Matt's, Michaelis, and then Roby, 
and Robertson. And that's not how this is going to work. You might see them up at some point next year if they develop well. But I don't want people to think that that that's the answer and that's what John Moselock got these guys for. This is part of rebuilding uh, mm. a Cardinals farm system that was a little bit depleted. You, you've heard some good names over the years that they've, they've got coming up, but a lot of these guys aren't ready, but it looks like these guys are going to be good additions to the next wave of prospects coming through. Now, the next pitcher we want to talk about was uh, one of the guys that was came over from the Baltimore Orioles in the Jack mm-hmm. Flaherty trade. This is an interesting one because I've seen where some people like him, some people don't like him at all. He's regressed a little bit uh, going into this year, and that is Drew Rom. So what can you tell us about Drew? Really interesting. It's a 2018 fourth rounder, and he throws two different fastballs. And so like when you look at the listings on StatCast or whatever it might be, it says fastball slider change. It's really four-seam fastball, two-seam fastball, a sweeper, and a splitter. So a little bit of an interesting kind of combination of things he throws there. The big thing is uh, he, he he really kind of fits. He reminds me of that older model of Cardinals pitching where it's, you know, we're going to give up contact, but not hard contact. We're going to avoid bats. Uh, he's what I love is he can throw the breaking pitches to either side of the plate. And whenever you look at a sweeper, one of the big conversations behind that is it's really hard to throw it to guys of the same handedness. And he's a lefty, but he can throw it to fellow lefties and still land it for a strike. Uh, it, uh, the, the splitter is very good as far as it is hard for, bat- for batters to square it up. And then same thing with that two-seam fastball. So it's not the most overpowering stuff velocity-wise. He's sitting low 90s. Uh, he he hides the ball really well, just coming out of the delivery. It's a little bit of a of a lower arm slot, so it's a it's a little bit of an unusual angle from a lefty, and it's hard to pick the ball up. So the deception helps, but it's not just a pure stuff kind of thing. It's the way he sequences and mixes everything. Again, reminds me a lot of that older model of Cardinals pitcher, but I still think it's good enough to be a to be, and I do think there is a little bit more velocity you can unlock in there. Uh, it's however, however he improves the command, that's going to determine the true ceiling for Drew Rom. It's just something. If he's not walking, guys, he's got he's at four point eight walks per nine innings in AAA this year. You know the ERA is like five and change, and it's because mm. he gets into a bad count. He has to throw a strike, and they have a chance to hit it. And so if he can work on the command and just be a little more consistent with getting ahead of batters, he's going to be a pretty good pitcher. The question is. Can he do that? Yeah, and he's been very successful until this year. Mm -hmm. That's the one thing you have to look at, too. And it's like what you said. It had a lot to do with his control. And Mm -hmm. he was very good at not walking people. And then this year, it's been a problem. And uh, that's something that they'll have to tinker with and figure out a way to uh, get him back on track. But until this year, he seemed like he was on a pretty good projection to reach the Orioles sooner rather than later. So uh, it's not that he is a bad prospect. Uh, I I thought it was a little odd that after the trade went down and he was number 18 in the rankings for uh, the Orioles, who have a better farm system than the Cardinals, then he gets into St. Louis' system and he drops all the way down to uh, number 26, which was a little bit odd. But rankings are rankings and they can be altered and maybe MLB Pipeline hadn't updated things in a little bit. There's different reasons for that, but I, I don't, again, want people to think that 
Rom is some scrub that is on no. his way down. No, he's just uh, had one bad year. It, it does happen. Yeah, and <laughs> and we oftentimes see some of those control issues come around when a guy is changing some of their pitch mix or they're changing mm. the shape of their pitches. Yeah. And so we can kind of see, you know, he he used to, like it was more of a slurve than a true sweeper before this year. And so, like, when you make these changes to these pitches, you sometimes see the command issues uh, come up like that briefly, and you have to get that worked out and get it back to get back to where you were. And historically, he's been pretty good with it. So I feel like he's going to get back there uh, mm-hmm. sooner rather than later. It's just a question of does he do it this year? Does he take most of next year to get that done? What's the time frame on it? But he mm-hmm. obviously has had a history of throwing strikes in the past. Yes. All right. So um, those are some of the top pitchers that uh, have come over to the Cardinal system. Now we're going to uh, talk about a couple of the infielders and the other pitcher that was part of this Orioles trade for Jack Flaherty that it was kind of funny because when the initial trade was announced, this guy's name wasn't part of it. And then later on, it trickled out. And some people feel that he may be the steal of that entire trade. So find Mm -hmm. out who that is. We'll talk about that next on Locked on Cardinals and this crossover episode with Locked on MLB Prospects. Uh, eBay Motors, for a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. I've said it once before. I'll say it over and over. You can't just go out and find parts, mush them together, and expect your car or whatever automobile you have to run smoothly and go well and last a long time. It's not going to happen. So the next time you need parts and accessories, what you do is head over to eBay Motors. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can be sure every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to My Garage and look for the green check to know that the part will fit or you get your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game. When you shop on eBay Motors, you want to believe that what you're getting is the proper part and is going to fit your car perfectly. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you're going to be back in the game in no time. Don't get stuck on the sidelines with a busted up vehicle. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right price on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Once again, we're joined by Lindsey Crosby from Locked On MLB Prospects. We are talking about all of the guys that just came over to the Cardinals farm system. I I know it's uh, quite a list to, to go through, but that's a good thing. It's a good thing that the Cardinals, at least in my opinion, were able to uh, get a decent haul of prospects in return for some of these guys that more than likely are not going to be back with the Cardinals. They wanted to test free agency, and that's just <laughs> – it's the smart thing to do. It's good business to uh, get a little at least something back, and it appears that the Cardinals got a couple of infielders back that have a bright future. Uh, most people thought that they were going to target – Pitching, pitching, pitching. Those were the words of John Mozeliak. But they were also able to snag a couple of infielders here. Let's start with uh, the hitter that they got from the Texas Rangers, Thomas Sujaci. Lindsay, what can you tell us about Thomas? He's one of those guys that, if you look at what he did this year, this guy is fantastic. 94 games between AA and AAA uh, in the Texas system. 314, 380, 15 home runs, 40 extra base hits in 94 games with 35 walks to 98 strikeouts, 8 to 10 on stolen bases. 
Uh, the thing to know, true infielder, he's played at every position in the infield, right? He's played first, second, third, and short. I think he's probably best at second base. The speed isn't fantastic, right? So you're looking at a second baseman. He does have enough arm to fill in at third, but you'd obviously rather have him at second. And then he he's not... There's no single carrying tool, right? Everything he does is average, maybe a little bit like speed, maybe a little bit below average. So there's no single carrying tool like there is with with uh, Cesar Prieto, but he's just he's going to be a real good ball player. He's one of those uh he he has the really good instincts, he has the baseball IQ, and he just does some of everything pretty well. He actually won the award in the Texas system last year for I think they call it, it's for like representing their core values well. Like he's yeah. just an, a good person, a good ball player. And again, not uh, not exceptional at anything, but very well-rounded. Can Again, could play all over the infield if you need him to on a fill-in basis and is going to be a reliable hitter. I mean, I, I he's, 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 he's the kind of guy that he probably bats in the bottom third of your lineup but you probably have a harder time than you expect finding somebody better than him to take his spot. Like that's the kind of guy that Thomas Sujacy is. Yeah. And he's, uh, he's hit everywhere he's been. Like mm-hmm. if you go through his numbers, uh, whatever level he's playing ball at, the guy produces and he continues to produce. And uh, there's something to say about that when, like you said, there's nothing special, you know, there's not one thing that stands out about him, but He's a ball player. He's a good ball player. Uh, He's got a great stick. And then, uh, as you mentioned, defensively, one of those guys that, you know, the the Cardinals tend to like those Swiss Army knife type of people Mm -hmm. who can play in multiple positions. You've got Tommy Edmond and Brendan Donovan up on the big club now. They can do that. And uh, Sue JC seems to be somebody similar in that aspect where you'll be able to move him around the infield a little bit. And he's never going to be a superstar when it comes to the glove, but uh, he's got a bright future and has already started slugging in the minor leagues. Just had a good night the other night uh, for his new affiliate with uh, Springfield. So uh, we're looking forward to seeing what Sue JC can bring to the table. Uh, You mentioned Cesar Prieto, who was another part of the Orioles deal for Jack Flaherty. I got a lot when this trade went down, a lot of Baltimore Orioles fans were coming into our chat telling us how bum they were that they just lost this kid. Uh, He's a Cuban and he's already 24 years old, but he's done some pretty big things already in his career before getting to the States. Yeah, uh, I mean, it's it's something he was. What was it? He was in the middle of a Cuban National Series record, like 44 game hit streak when he defected. Like he is he's probably the single best hit tool that was moved at the entire deadline. And I think that's part of the reason why why Orioles fans were so sad to see him go. We have advanced statistics for AAA, like like we have a version of StatCast for AAA. And so in zone contact. So if he swung at a pitch in the strike zone, greater than 90% contact, which is one of the best marks in all of AAA and contact as a whole for any swing of almost 90%. And like, that's the big takeaway is he's aggressive at the plate, but he's got really good contact ability to make it work. Now, the power isn't amazing. He's got six home runs in 85 games right now. Slugging's 475. Uh, but it's something where defensively, he gives you options. He can he has a good enough arm to play third base. It's not massive, but good enough to play third base. The hands are good. He can play second as well as... He doesn't chase a ton, so offensively, he's going to get on base a lot. He's got 
23 walks to 27 strikeouts in 85 games. The big thing is like he's going to put the ball into play and give you an opportunity to advance a runner, give you an opportunity to get a to get a base runner, whatever you need him to do. Uh, and and one, like I said, the most advanced hit tool that got moved at the deadline. Very excited about him. The question's going to be if these guys hit the bigs at the same time, who plays where? Because obviously first and third are a little full right now. Um, I mm-hmm. think when first base opens up, Nolan Gorman's probably going to get kicked over there. So it's like, how do you make it work? But either way, it's a good problem to have, to have two guys who can fill your middle infield. And Prieto has, like I said, the best hit tool that was moved in the entire deadline. And watching video on him, I said this in the uh, podcast earlier this week, that uh, he reminds me a little bit of Brendan Donovan, the the <laughs> left-handed swing from that side of the plate. Yeah. And uh, Donovan's been able to add a little more pop to his game this year. And that's what his swing kind of reminded me of. And again, it's another one of these guys who can play multiple positions, not going to be a superstar at any of them, but you can plug him into these uh, different positions on the infield and you're not concerned that he's going to destroy you defensively. Uh, but yeah, the, again, the Orioles fans, when they're coming to you telling you like, man, you guys got a baller here. This is somebody yeah. that we really liked and we were hoping to see one day. You got your hands on him, and he's 24 years old. Uh, so the uh, the the idea that he might be up sooner rather than later is, I think, at least more realistic. Being yeah. that uh, age wise, he's more mature. Um, did what he was doing in Cuba already, so um, that might be somebody. Which brought me to the idea of that, like, okay, so now that you've got these two middle infielders, does this mean? Guys like Brendan Donovan or Tommy Edmond, one of the two is a little more expendable uh, this offseason as the Cardinals try to piece back together a pitching staff and a starting rotation. So just something to think about there. All right, let's talk about the final piece that was in this Baltimore Orioles trade for Jack Flaherty and some think might be the gem of that particular trade. Uh, We just had great things to say about Prieto, Uh, Rom. Good, but tell me about Zach Showalter, the 19-year-old. Yeah, so right-handed pitcher, uh, it was something they, they, they drafted him in the 11th round, and everybody hears that and thinks, oh, well, he's not that great. No, it was because they knew he was going to take a bunch of money, and they didn't know whether or not he would sign, and they didn't want to get penalized for it. But uh, probably the highest ceiling of any of the guys that came over to the team, he's got nine starts this year between rookie ball and A ball. Uh, 237 ERA in 30 innings, 41 strikeouts, so 12.2 per nine to 14 walks, which, you know, four walks per nine isn't great. Only give it up one home run. But the thing here is uh, it's all off of the fastball. He's only 19 years old. Fastball still sits mid 90s, has a lot of those traits, those advanced traits that a lot of the analytical teams really like. It's uh, it's almost flat, like it has enough backspin and carry up in the zone where like you expect gravity to pull it down and it just never happens. And because of that, so many hitters swing and miss. Uh, he hides it really well in the delivery too. And then he gets good extension. He's six foot two, gets good extension towards the plate. So it plays up from that velocity. And it, this is the new, like the cutting edge type of fastball you're looking for. That flat approach angle, high carry, high extension fastball. Uh, and because he was a prep pitcher, that was the only thing he really needed to dominate. And so it's the best pitch. He throws a slider. He throws a curveball. He throws a change. None of them are that great, but you've got plenty of time. And when the fastball is so good already, I think it will be pipeline had it as a 60. I've got it a little bit higher than that, actually. 
when you have a pitch that good, it gives you a nice base to work off of. He's going to need the changeup uh, to deal with lefties. So that's got to get a little bit better. And then slider, curveball, just make those more consistent. Maybe give him some time with Wainwright for them to both talk about how the curveballs work. And I think you have a guy that could legitimately be a a middle to top of the rotation arm. It's just, it's going to take some time. He's only 19, but he looks really, really good early. And the big thing for me is he's got that great fastball that all of the really good ace pitchers now seem to have. Yeah, and again, you mentioned 19 years old, so uh, patience not exactly something that <laughs> most fans have these days, especially when you're coming off a losing season. But when it comes to these kind of pitchers, uh, you, you got to wait a little bit. You know, they don't really mature until you know 23 to 25 years of age. So, mm-hmm. uh, thinking about Show Walter later on down the line, it's a, an exciting thing. Uh, again, if you go back to the uh, MLB prospects thing, and it was something that was a little bit. Odd to me was that with the Orioles, Show Walter was unranked, wasn't in their top 30. Gets traded to the Cardinals. Rom drops back. Show Walter moves up and is at number 23 on the Cardinals prospect list. So obviously, um, he's done he's doing something right that had them go, wait a second, maybe we ought to, maybe he's got to be on the top 30. And for him to crack the top 25 and 19, that's pretty good. You got to like that. Yeah. And it's something where they don't always update over the summer until the trade deadline happens. And so some of that was just natural uh, updates. But then also it's just Showalter has looked maybe even better than we thought he was going to look as far as A-ball. I mean, a 237 ERA from a 19-year-old. Uh, yes, four walks per nine isn't amazing, but it's not bad compared to a, what a lot of 19-year-olds in A-ball do. And so mm-hmm. like you can tell he's picking up being a professional pitcher quicker than a lot of other high schoolers do, a lot of other teenagers do. And I think that's why, I honestly think 23 is a little bit low, but that's just me liking the package and what I see and doing a lot of projection forward. Whereas some of the guys ahead of him, like a you know, like a Max Radic and things like that, are guys who have a better pedigree and have been doing this for longer, and that's why they're higher on the list. Yeah, understood, understood. All right, uh, coming up, we're going to talk about who the Cardinals were able to flip Paul DeYoung for a guy that, you know, we talk about starting rotation with the Cardinals over and over. The bullpen is terrible, too, and it needs some help. And this next guy is somebody who uh, might be able to help them out as well. We'll get into that next on this crossover episode of Locked on Cardinals and Locked on MLB Prospects. Now, the Cardinals will be battling the Rockies tonight, and you can catch every pitch of the Cardinals hometown broadcast with Sirius XM on the SXM app. Just search Cardinals. I want to thank all of you for making Locked on Cardinals and Locked on MLB Prospects your first listen every day. Be sure to leave comments for us on uh, our our YouTube channel as well as on Twitter anytime you want. You've got uh, our Twitter handles below our faces, our beautiful faces. Uh, So if you guys want to hit us up, feel free to do that. We're always happy to uh, interact with you guys each and every day. Part of the fun of this whole gig. All right, so um, Cardinals, I, in my opinion, got a little bit lucky that, and, and you never wish injuries on anybody. But Bo Bichette, night before the deadline, tweaks his knee. You know, he's mm-hmm. hobbling around, and the Blue Jays are like, "Oh boy, now gotta what do, do we do? Got to do something." Cardinals have a veteran shortstop with some pop. He's got an option next year that most likely the Cardinals were not going to pay him. It was a club option. In Paul DeYoung, very good glove, has had his ups and downs in his career, and we were all just kind of hoping that they could find a spot, find a team that Paul DeYoung 
would fit on so he'd get a chance to be a part of the postseason because they got that guy Mason Wen coming up, Lindsay, who is uh, who's just tearing it up at AAA, okay. and it looks like he's going to be up on the on the Cardinals big league club at some point before the end of this season. So, got to find a home for Paul DeYoung. Toronto has the Bobichet injury. They find out that they can make a deal together. Another deal, the third one that Toronto and St. Louis were able to come up with over uh, an 11-day span. So uh, they flip him for a relief pitcher by the name of Matt Svonson. Now, what can you tell us about Svonson, Lindsay? Uh, big boy, 6'5", 235. Uh, fastball, sweeper are, are the, the two things that he, th- <clears throat> that he throws uh, the the fastball is is very much a a sinker kind of profile ninety two to ninety four he's he's looking for for uh, ground balls and things like that the sweeper it reads a lot on Statcast as a cutter but it's like it's uh, it, it it's really interesting because the speed does one thing the movement does another but either way sits in the the mid eighties or so. I love the combination, and he's had really good success. In A-ball this year, 31% strikeout rate. And he's played in, he's played in 26 games, all in relief, 1-1-1 ERA in 32 innings. 39 strikeouts to 11 walks. Uh, now, he is a little bit old for the level. He's 24 years old, and he's been in A-ball and high A. So I think part of it is he needs to get up to a higher level of competition. But... He is a true reliever. They feel like he can move rather quickly. And I, I would not be surprised by the middle of next season to potentially see him in St. Louis, provided that these two pitches of his that he throws, that he continues to be as effective with those when he moves up a level. And then the other guy that came back in some of these deals, one of the three, and I, I, I somehow uh, didn't include him earlier, but was Adam Kloffenstein. The, uh, mm-hmm. another even bigger guy, 6'5", 245. Mm-hmm. And it's something really interesting. Uh, cutter, slider, two-seam fastball. Uh, despite the size, is only throwing low 90s, right? And he's he's throwing a ton of strikes. He's getting a ton of ground ball contact. And it's something where he's got the pitchability. He's got the durability. If you can unlock some more velocity, maybe he's a starter for you. But it's not always swing and miss stuff. It's kind of you got to have a good defense behind him. And John Moselak's talked about they want to go with more swing and miss pitching. So I don't necessarily know if he'll end up being a starter. He may be a reliever simply because he's not getting tons of swing and miss. But Mm -hmm. two guys there that want a true reliever, one that might be a reliever, but both of them could move up rather quickly because they've had some great results so far. All right, so let's get... Your final thoughts on what the Cardinals did. It, per, what I gave, I gave them a B grade on everything involved. I, I did not have any thoughts that they were going to get some, you know, top 100 prospects from any of these teams for guys, again, who are rentals. Okay. Most of these guys are probably not going to be with these teams past the season. They're going to mm-hmm. test free agency. And unless uh, the, the other teams want to buck up, uh, they're going to move on. So uh, you couldn't expect uh, elite prospects in return. But from everything I've seen, I, it seems like John Moselak was able to get a nice haul, replenish the farm system. And then some of these pieces can be used for trades to get major league ready pitchers for next season what what in your in your mind did you do you feel that the the Cardinals deserve grade wise as far as all of these moves combined I think it's a B 
And and to me, I think it's a B because you didn't move anybody who had additional years of control, right? Everybody mm-hmm. was a pending free agent. And so that does limit the return somewhat, but you got good quantity. You got plenty of guys. You got good quality as far as guys that have ceilings, you know, that, that, that are promising, that can be better than who you have at the major league level. And like, like you said, you're well positioned now because some of the outfielders didn't necessarily get moved to Dylan Carlson or Tyler O'Neill or whatever. Now mm-hmm. you have the ability in the offseason to take a guy or two, package them with somebody existing on the roster to make a bigger move. Like Segesi and, and Prieto, there's a really good possibility that one of those guys ends up getting moved so simply because you have so many options in the middle infield. And so mm-hmm. uh, you got guys that either can add to your major league roster. Like if Prieto gets up there, he's probably the best pure hitter outside of, Golden, of Goldschmidt and Arenado on the roster. Uh, but you got guys that can be packaged with other current players to be moved to improve or should be able to make their way to the major league roster in the next season and a half for the most part with the guys like Robertsi and Roby. Wait a second. You like him better than Jordan Walker? Come on now, Lindsey Crosby. I Listen, listen. I, I <laughs> Prieto has a very, very, very good hit to it. Does Walker have a better combination of power and hit? Uh, yes. You know, and Walker has a very good hit. Walker's on my fantasy team. I like Jordan Walker. I think Cesar Prieto is a special talent with the hit tool. No. And that's just something that like hitters are born, not made for the most part. And he's one of those like natural born hitters. And that's just, that's a really hard, that's the single best tool of any player that was traded at the deadline. So. I like to hear that. I like to hear that. And again, uh, we mentioned the offseason trades. Uh, this was what, what I like to call a jump start on getting things moving in the right direction for the mm-hmm. Cardinals. This was not a trade deadline that was going to fix the Cardinals for 2024. The John Mosellock's got a lot of work to do, but now he's got more pieces. He's got more bites at the apple that can lead them into a, a better spot for 2024 with, as as you mentioned, you know, guys with more control that can get them major league pitching, you know, guys like Dylan Carlson, Tyler O'Neill, and, uh, you know, Nolan Gorman's name has been thrown around as well. Personally, I don't want to trade him. I, I like everything that he brings to the table. He's still very, very young. Heck, he's younger than Prieto. Uh, yeah. So guys remember that. <laughs> so, uh, but John Mosaic's going to have some decisions to make. They've got free agency coming up. There's a lot of big pitchers that are going to be available that they can try to sign. I'm not going to say that they're going to nail down uh, Max Scherzer and Aaron Nola for the starting rotation next year, but there's some good guys who are going to be available, and I, I really don't feel like this team is that far off from contending again in the NL Central. They've had a horrible record in one-run games this year. And if you cut, like, the blown saves from the bullpen, just cut them in half because no club is not going to blow saves. But you cut those in half because they lead the league with 24 of them. If you cut that in half, where are you now? You're much better than where, where this team's record is at this given time. But you're you're right up there in contention with things that are going on in the wild card. So, uh, Cardinals fans, don't lose the faith. I know none of these guys are – Jackson Holiday or any of these number one prospects, but they're very good. And uh, I, I trust Lindsey Crosby's uh, information here that they're, the Cardinals are headed in the right direction. Yeah, it's, I mean, these were the trades that needed to happen. These were the right types of players to get for the most part. They've got either the swing and miss stuff already or the potential to to get better swing and miss stuff than what they have. These were all good trades. You should be happy about the way that this has restocked the farm without costing you any long-term assets and positioning Mm -hmm. the Cardinals to be competitive 
as soon as next year if free agency goes right. All right. Uh, the Cardinals battle the Rockies tonight, and you can catch every pitch of the Cardinals hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Uh, Lindsay, appreciate your time as always, my friend. I hope you can get some rest after uh, this whirlwind <laughs> of uh, drafting and trading and prospects everywhere. But we appreciate your insight on uh, what's going on with the Cardinals organization. I, I appreciate you, pal. Thanks for having me. Go Redbirds.